The flip, this is my flip opinion now, is that regardless of how they showcase it, the platform has evolved. E3 is no longer just for investors anymore. It's Mm -hmm. publicized. It's streamed. Everyone can watch it. So now when what you're showing to investors is not just for them, for the dream of your product, you're showing it to Joe Schmo, who's got 60 bucks to burn on his third, you know, on his last paycheck. And he wants to experience this. So the question becomes, what do you show at that point? I mean, I, as, as these mediums grow and develop and change, we are the investors. Welcome to episode 281 of the Emergent Gamer Podcast. I'm Felix Hergood, and I'm here with two of our hosts, uh, Trip Zero. That's me. What's up, guys? Trip Zero. Thanks for being here. And Neo Aoshi. Hello, Felix Hergood. Hi. How you doing? And our special guest, constant contributor to the, whatever, to the Emergent Gamer Podcast, Diamond Jab. Hey, how is everyone? <laughs> there he is. Uh, welcome to the the show, Diamond Jab. It's been a little bit, but you you know you're a busy Happy guy. Happy New Year! Happy New will. Year! Yeah, you're a pretty busy guy. You got a lot going on. You got a um, you got a um, a brand you're building, and yeah, uh, I see you got a, a highly functional Discord uh, server, well, which is pretty cool. It's it's functioning for now, but as That's is cool. the case with most things, it it will stop functioning eventually and then i'll have to figure out what's wrong <laughs> yeah so i think our our main reason my main reason for i was in your chat i guess we rated you last week or whatever and then i was in your chat and basically you we, we i talked about cyberpunk a little bit and then and then you were talking to me i think maybe you were talking about it and then i put my two sets in and then i basically said you should come on our show and talk about it so i want i you, you know uh, of all of the opinions on games that I have been deprived of in in recent days regarding a game that I enjoy immensely and play quite frequently, the one yeah. opinion I've been deprived of is yours. I've heard trips. <laughs> I've heard Neos. I've heard locks. I've heard the yeah. internet. Um, and a, a lot of those a people lot of don't the internet, like it. Depending on where yeah. you are. And they don't like yeah. it, but I, I I hadn't got your take on it, and I value yeah. your your take. I think I can speak for Q. all of us when we say we all value your take on things because you have a Q. a nice perspective. So um, we I'm wanted honored. to talk about that. So we want to talk about yeah. we'll we'll start off, I guess, talking a little bit about your experience with that game, um, <laughs> and then uh, we put two topics to you. Yeah. Um, one I'm I'm unfamiliar with. It's related to Destiny. Something going wrong in <laughs> the Destiny community, uh, or the other one was the the <laughs> <laughs> love the business issue. Things don't change year over year. I mean, did I we had this conversation last year? Jesus, you might as well just take the recording from what we did before and just fast forward it's it. It's the same year. thing every what? year. It's on it's on a it's on a cadence. You can literally look yeah, at the calendar and what? predict what. 
what temperature people are going to be at and what the topics are most likely going to be based on what has already come out. Business as usual, but so go ahead. Was go that ahead. a hyperbole me saying that there's some kind of like, no, it's the norm oh, for a lot normal. of us. It's okay, the norm, it's not but we'll get into that. Yeah. Um, or the other thing was, um, CD product. Now this is not something I'm not too familiar with trip zero. You said CD project red responded yeah. unfavorably so, to, to Jason Schreier. So me and you last week on our, on our duo show, Felix, we talked about, um, CD project reds, um, apology there. They're, uh, you know, we're really sorry. We're sorry. Video. Uh, did you they, see the picture that, that I did last week? Yes. Yeah. yeah, incredible, yeah. Dude. I'm, yeah. I'm sorry. I never specifically reached out. I'm pretty sure I told people like physically in my life that it was amazing, but yeah, it was an incredible picture. He put, uh, the guy's face, he put the, <laughs> the CEO's face on the body of the fake BP exec from that South Park episode. And in all of his poses, he was amazing. like, he's on the ground, like, on naked on the carpet, on the bear rug. Like, we're sorry. <laughs> yeah, wow. It was great work. Um, but yeah, we talked about that and there was another piece of news we didn't quite hit, but it happened in the same week where Jason Schreier, who now writes for Bloomberg, put out his piece uh, unveiling some of the, the secrets behind the development because Jason Schreier has a way for people to talk to him. Um, and dude, he he's a secret pigeon man. I don't know. Yeah. He dropped it at 1 a.m. on a Friday. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It that's why we, that's why you guys didn't talk about it last week because I had to go. My man was putting like, in them early speaking, hours. Um, one of the claims in that is that the E3 demo, the first one we saw, the 40-minute playthrough of one of the early missions of the game, which is our first actual look at uh, gameplay mechanics, at you know, literally the field of view, the menu yeah. systems, whatever they had in progress right there. The story for that was that it was it was faked. It was put together. It wasn't real. It wasn't like someone controlling a game directly. It was like built and crafted. There wasn't a lot more detail, so I just let everyone's minds kind of run. Like, what does that mean? Was it CGI that was just animated frame by frame? Like, what's the extent of fake? Um, but this was responded to by uh, Adam Badowski from CD Projekt Red. Um, he responded to a lot of points of Jason Schreier's, but one of them was the fact that, uh, you know, of course, a demo is going to look different than the final product. Uh, no, nothing is missing. It's feature evolution and things like that. And and this got me thinking about just a, a wider discussion about what's the responsibility of developers to show us something that we're going to get if they're inviting us into the process of creation in the first place. Like, how mad can we get if a game comes out and it's different when they've showed us something four years ago? And it's not that exactly when we get it. Like, what are we promised? What are we owed? What's what's what does that process entail and, and who's responsible for what parts of it? I thought that was kind of interesting that I pick your brain about diamond because you're good at yeah. talking. So, so we love to love to do it with out you. of all the skills to have. I'll take that one. That's not, a you're a great you're a conversationalist. The, that's what they, that's, that's what they call that's people that speech a hundred in Skyrim. So I yes, mean, like, exactly. It's not exactly. a bad thing. You, you're, you probably buy things for very cheap too. If your speech is at a hundred sweet rolls are free. There, there's a term. Dude, there's, I'm trying room, to room, you cost you like $10. There's a term in the 19th century that's not in fashion anymore, and I'm trying to remember what it is that they that they use to um, describe a person who can speak really well. And I can't. It, it's derogatory. It sounds derogatory. I'm going to look it up. I'm going to look it up. And that's not it. I'm going to look it up uh, while we're while we're talking, and I'll figure it out. I'll figure it out. I don't think I've ever heard that before. That's no, yeah, I, I, mean, I didn't say the term. I have to look up the term. I'm saying, yeah. but there is a term for that, and I'm trying to remember what it is. It's not, it's not that word. 
That's a good word. It's great word. Respect. So you ever uh, play an RPG that lets you like as you level up, the title of your character changes. Like in Ghost of Tsushima, like you start and it's like the wandering. You have a samurai. subtitle to your, like yeah. your, your character. Then like a level their... 17 kind of linguist is what I am. <laughs> so I'm <laughs> on the way to whatever that 19th century term is. I'll get, I'll get to that. I'll get to that. <laughs> there you go. I'll figure out what it is. But yeah, those are some things we can chat about here. Yeah. Uh, first of all, though, like we always do, um, besides reminding people to go follow our YouTube and subscribe to us so we can get our uh, custom URL to make that process easier. Please subscribe. Um, besides that process, we usually talk about what we've been doing a little bit. Uh, if there are interesting things to talk about, Diamond, the floor is yours. What's up, man? How's how's your games? What are you playing? How's the streaming? What's 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 new? You know that I have to bring in my random innocuous Switch game that I play. Every time I come on, yeah, bring I that a Switch game. Yep. You, you talk about like, Eat 8, and I've never even heard about this series. And I'm like, dude, I what just, the it's, fuck? And look, it's, it's an expertise of mine. Now, mind you, you buy that on the spot, so I'm very no, excited no, for no. whatever you got right but now. But for anyone wondering, East 9, Monstrous Noxus. I saw that advertised on HEDQ in one of the just, lower left corners. Just they putting were that out there. I'll keep it really quick. Um, I am... I guess late would be the term. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got Hades on on the Switch, oh, and I can't okay. stop playing it. I can't I keep looking Hades at it. Is, Hades is a game that just it it abuses me constantly, and then I'll put it down and I'll ignore it for a day, and then I'll come back and go. I think I could deal with some more abuse, and then I just go in and I knock out like four or five floors, and I'm like, oh man, I've almost made it to this point. It's helped me appreciate people who play Dark Souls and actually like really like it. Um, Cause I never understood. I never found it appealing, at least for me. So playing Hades was like a game changer of going, Oh wow. I kind of get when a really good system works in terms of letting death be the form of progression and what carries over and what doesn't and what repeats. It's, it's been a really good experience. So um, I haven't played this myself, but I do have a question for you about the experience. Uh, Cause sure. it's, it's, it's a rogue light or a rogue like, uh, however it, it fits into that category where yeah. you, know, you play, you you die out of necessity because you just literally can't come up against whatever you you are are fighting but yeah. you earn some kind of progression in that instance to eventually yeah. overcome that that mm-hmm. mountain that wall in front of you um but mm-hmm. i've heard this game also ties it into the story in yes. a way that uh that's that makes it more engaging than a general roguelike because i'm not a fan of that genre um mm-hmm. it's i i I respect it totally and i've watched like people play it and it's very cool i just it's it's not something that i really super enjoy if i'm going to put time into a game uh, so but it's not interesting the way they were forming a story around that experience and how that was uh how that was received by you playing it so i will i i am 20 maybe 25 hours playing it and i can confidently without a doubt say i have yet to hear repeat dialogue okay essentially the general, just for anyone who doesn't know, Hades is essentially you are Hades' son. Uh, you figure out that Persephone, his mother, Hades' wife, is no longer there. So he, once the uh, gods of Olympus learn of his existence, they're essentially supplying him with abilities and skills to get his way out of Tartarus, get his way out of the underworld and to Mount Olympus. So every time you. Uh, you go through different levels and different spaces where you're fighting enemies, and then eventually you reach the boss of that area. 
when you die, you end up going right back down to the bottom again. Mm-hmm. But they're, the abilities that the Olympians give you don't carry over. But currency that you spend specifically on like passive carryover abilities, that carries over. But the gods will acknowledge not just what you've done, but what floor you're on. The, the god you talked to recently, if that god showed up first, whoever gave you the first ability, where you are within the overarching narrative, if you've reached a new enemy, if you've just fought an old enemy again, or you just beat them for the first time. So everyone seemingly has a reaction to something you've done. So as you progress through, the dialogue is always different. It's always unique to whatever that specific playthrough is. Um, and because of that, they've spread out all of the items that you would use. So there's even more dialogue buried in different subsections. So while you only have access to three weapons, eventually you'll get access to a fourth and then a fifth and then a sixth and then a seventh. And so gods in which their story or their narrative is tied to the weapon you're using will react to the weapon you brought into this play session. So because abilities and weapons and play styles are spread throughout the experience, my initial concern was, well, what happens if I suck and I'm just dying over and over and over and over and over again, and I'm not making any progress. Well, eventually they start dropping different, um, different like abilities and those abilities are much stronger. It essentially takes the destiny concept of rare legendary exotic, and it makes it random through the experience. So now the ability that drops has a rare version, a legendary version, which is more potent and exotic version, which is even more potent than that. So if I suck, all of a sudden gods will start dropping legendary items. Or if I'm incredibly efficient, then gods will start dropping different items to essentially complete my, my skill tree. You're essentially building a skill tree from scratch. So the interesting part about it is that no matter what happens, the game is not cherry picking, but trying to figure out what the best ability to give based on whatever randomizers in place. And so if I'm just having a terrible day playing, all of a sudden it'll drop a purple ability from Persephone in which my melee attack does damage over time. But because it's purple, that base number is at an increased value. So now all of a sudden I'm more efficient than I was before. The game is actively trying to balance your skill level with the items and the, and the rewards that it gives you. Yep. So like if you're sucking, it's like, okay, here's a little, here's a little pick me up. Here's a little you. bump because they want yeah. you to the game. Ult is it's very RPG in that you have to go somewhere. Like if you're just not very good, the game's going to start giving you things to make some type of progress. But the interesting thing that I found is if I'm doing really well, if I'm having the most efficient play session possible, then what it instead does is it rewards me with rooms that give me currency. So instead of really powerful abilities, it gives me currency to either heal myself so I can continue that run or it'll give me currency that I can spend on those passive abilities that carry over after death. So it incentivizes, or at least it rewards my play, not by giving me more powerful things to steamroll, but to say, hey, you're, you're going to die eventually, because everyone does in this type of play style, but you're going to have a lot to bring back. 
to make your passive abilities even even stronger. So you are fighting a bit of RNG, and that's what makes the experience so interesting. It it, it so far has never felt um, like a straight line with a bunch of exits that just take me back to the straight line. That's never really what it felt like. It kind of felt yeah, like yeah. Yeah, it's like Dead Cells will put me on a narrative and I'll branch off, but ultimately it's going to put me back there. For whatever reason, Hades feels like if it branches off, it's just an like it's alternate timeline theory, right? The same event is happening, but now there are different circumstances around it that are just changing my experience. Even if I'm playing better, it changes the experience. So the fact that it's on the Switch is even more like just pick up and play. I don't have to sit at my computer and be like, all right, I'm going to play this because it's just going to get lost in the shuffle. It's an amazing platform for that game. Absolutely. Yeah. Sounds, that, it sounds like they're doing all the right things to keep you engaged in a format that can burn people out very easily. It's also super giant. So like bastion transistor pyre, yeah. like it's yeah. the art design in and of in, itself. In isomorphic, is gonna, uh, incredibly well uh, drawn game that sounds great and has great voice acting and story. That's what you're getting from that from that studio. Um, it's unreal. last question that I have specifically: Are you yeah. as thirsty for anyone or multiple people in this game as the internet is as a whole? Because everyone is in love with 2018. This, this, 2018 this when it came out. Content this these characters. It's it it. Did, blo- did that's why I was thirsty. Like, like thirsty. Like yes. they want yeah, to have sex so, with them. Yeah. Yes. There are a lot of levels of thirsty. There's a, there's a there all the time, but so there's, um, when I thirst, I lust. I lust one. The artwork is phenomenal. So people are thirsty about the quality to begin with. They're also thirsty because the characters are well voiced. They sound very attractive, like the whole nine yards. But I also find it amazing that this game came out in 2018 and no one said a word until two years later when everyone decided to, to go crazy yeah it was an um it was an early i actually bought it in early access when it when that came out and i was like okay there's something here and i put it down because there it didn't have anything like really hook me and this was the year like 1.0 came out right like 2020 that was when that happened dude so many articles so many game of the year lists had this game on it like this was one of those games that just exploded over the course of the year and I think it's because people are pining for quality, not necessarily quality in the sense of there, there's always that that split in the gaming community of quality to, oh, my God, this looks amazing to quality. Oh, my God, this feels amazing like this. This reminds me a lot of people that just they're really core video game people. They love the difficulty of like side scrolling Mario like that kind of era of gamer. And this really appeals to to people that want that challenge but are looking for something that is just easily accessible um and that's what it was like there's no point where i felt intimidated by the game without it challenging me and going oh man i died all right let me really think about this and go back into it so um i i can't Mm. recommend it enough it's phenomenal yeah it has a nice price too i think it's i think it's like 25 bucks right now yeah yeah which is Um, if, if you're talking about super giant quality it's a it's a steal like 100 percent worth it yeah yeah i'm a, i'm a really big fan of dead cells i actually it's one of the games i actively play on a regular basis um you know like taking my time with it i i i don't i think i've fought like a couple of bosses but like it's not a priority i just go yeah. back to it because it's just there um mm-hmm. and you're saying it's pretty similar to that but not exactly it's 
it's similar in that the function is the same does it seed it seeds like it though it randomly generates the level yes yes yeah yeah. um but not to the extent that i think dead cells does it and i think that part of it is the is the perspective it's not levels it's arenas so it's it's small like fightable spaces um the idea is not for you to like traverse and figure out like they put traps in the area so you have to be conscientious of where you are but the seating is less about the level and more about the combination of bosses in a certain area but they surround that seating with sub bosses and then the boss so if you know you've reached a certain boss you know you've you kind of internally know okay i've gotten to a certain point in my play session i'm farther than when i was before um so when i get to a boss the confidence level skyrockets when you beat that boss for the first time because you know, okay, this weapon works. But how the game tricks you is it says, hey, if you want more currency to go into your passive abilities, use this weapon instead. You'll get 20% more. So then the game goes, well, you can continue to use what you want to progress, but what what do you value more in your progression? The currency that's going to stick or the actual physical experience of trying to push yourself further? Um So the way that they position a lot of those things is really interesting in terms of choices. You'll run into levels where uh, the two gods will show up and one will be pissed off if you choose the other one. And so it creates an elemental like tension. Uh, I think it was Dionysus was the god of wine. And then and then. um, um, I, I think Poseidon was one. They both showed up at the same time. And I chose Dionysus because he makes enemies like stagger. They're just drunk whenever you punch them. And Poseidon got pissed. And then all of a sudden, everyone had water abilities in the next three levels. I was just <laughs> like, bro, like what? <laughs> That's actually really, really cool. That's really cool. That me, worked out. Yeah. You just gave me a power up like five floors ago. Like what is happening right now? Um, but God, it's fickle. Yeah, man. Super <laughs> fickle. Um, but that's the cool part is like uncovering um, uh, how how characters will act. You can also give them things like gifts and they'll either power up their abilities or they'll give you a charm that you can just have long term. That'll do something like give you the ability to revive or whatever the case may be. So the game is very diverse and forgiving in what you can equip. It's just stingy in what you can equip in one specific play session. So I might have to equip this multiple times to get the most benefit out of it because everything has its own leveling system. Um, so it's it's astounding the amount of depth for. I mean, roguelites do that all the time. I remember when Nimbus and I played um, uh, Gunfire Reborn on PC, which was just like Borderlands, but in, in a roguelike setting. Um, and it always surprises me when a game that asks you to play the same thing over and over and over again as intentionally as roguelites do have a wide amount of depth to them like just a large amount of depth to it so so it's it's really good for the switch platform yeah i'm thinking i'm probably gonna awesome man it. yeah it's very good yeah you probably enjoy it felix I well I, I mean i love i like love the rogue like format because of dead cells so every time i find a new one i try and get it and try it out it's probably the most acclaimed game i've i've played i, ca- I can't just do like, like i I can't just do like platform games that just go, you know, left to right and then end with sure. the level and then move to the next level anymore. Like, yeah. You can't do that shit. I needed some kind of thing 
that's a part yeah, of the game to keep me engaged, you know? Yeah. And every time you, every time you die, like I said, the dialogue has been different. So the story doesn't feel like it pauses because I haven't reached a certain boss. Um, even when I go back to a boss I've beaten already, they have something different to say. Wow. They'll react to my last play session. That's They'll the most exciting to, part to me. Just feeling like the things that you do in the world have value and yeah. you're you're creating this kind of feedback loop out of your experiences and the world is kind of pushing back against the ways that you push it something that i've uh, not felt in cyberpunk <laughs> we'll get to that transition slightly to the next conversation topic but, <laughs> but yeah well, it's it is really know, interesting the way you, play, you, guys... you know whatever you do no matter what you do boss or no boss level or no level you come back and it's it's a fresh experience like that's that's the very <laughs> coolest part the coolest mechanic of this game to me the way it yeah, talks it, back to you if you get the chance to watch someone play it, you have to watch it for more than like 10 minutes because watching it to see the gameplay is not enough. You have to see how characters react, how um, dialogue is spread out. So like I said, I'm, I'm plus 20 hours in and I've not heard a character say the same thing twice. It's wild. Honestly. Wild. And that's, that's the astounding part is there are some, I mean, the order 1886 was an eight hour campaign. If I play that again, it's the same <laughs> campaign over again. Right. You know, mm. Wow. What a throwback, dude. I know. I know. Mm. Boy, <laughs> did I hate that fucking game. That was a whole episode. We did. That was a whole episode, <laughs> episode of me trashing a game, man. Yeah. Hey man, what can you do? It's like four movies in a row. You know, that's what, that's what the experience of the order is. Yeah. <laughs> anyway but then the same four movies again <laughs> yeah um i was gonna say i have nothing myself besides playing more and more stardew valley i'm loving update 1.5 farming loving it i i i said it before i'll say it again you have made stardew valley so interesting to watch thank you man. your perspective is not is not beating the game your perspective is existing in the world and it's a very different thing when you're watching like content creators that like they're speed running and they're trying to beat the game or they're trying to be incredibly efficient or whatever the case may be. But yours is just the existence of the day. I, I don't think I've ever heard someone talk about what hour it is and what they can do in that short period of time and then not do that thing because something else has come up. <laughs> I go, mean, hey, you know, I got like I got like two hours left before I got to go to bed. I could pick up these rocks, but I'm going to go talk to this person. The next time I looked at you was the Easter egg hunt. And I was like, I don't know how he got to this point. <laughs> this is a whole other day. He slept at one point or another. The rocks are still there. Now he's now he's on an I Easter mean, egg hunt. I appreciate you saying that. Don't get it twisted. I'm playing my playthrough right now in a very <laughs> uh, aggressively efficient way, as efficiently as I'm trying to, because my goal is to finish the community center's gift bundles, which restores this community center and gives the community itself, the valley, their mm -hmm. excitement back, their pride in their town. Everyone goes and hangs out there again. It magically, literally magically fixes the building. It's crazy. But in the new update, you can now remix the contents of these things you have to donate and, uh, as well as guarantee that it can be done in year one while not knowing what's coming. So that's my challenge. And I'm just, I need, I'm, mm. I'm stressed about it, dude. I'm very stressed. I'm already I'm stressed. I'm, I'm behind. I thought I was in a better spot than I am. I just found out that I need to donate 10 salmon berries into one bundle and salmon berries only exist in the spring for three days that grow wild. And I'm in the middle of the summer. So I'm going to need someone to bring this from the city on a traveling cart. 
I'm going to need a fruit bat to drop it in my cave. And I need 10 of them. I have one that I'm saving. So I'm stressed about the salmon berries. But beyond that, it's a great chill time in the valley. Love it. Anyone else? Oh, in terms of like uh, what we're playing? I would love to talk about. He should. Yeah. He de- definitely should. Who me? You. you. Who me? Yeah. yeah, go ahead. Um, I've been playing a few things. Um, I've been playing Unravel 2. I'm not going to go into deep depth about it, but it's been a great game to play with a girlfriend. Uh, really accessible game, and it's really cute. You play as little little yarn characters. Love it. It's super fun. That's the Switch? Little Mario on the Switch? So, uh, it is on the Switch, but it's on every platform. It's on a lot, yeah. Um... Another game I played was Mario Party, but we all we all know how those games go. You you want to murder your friends? Best yeah. in the biz, yeah. It's dangerous. But in in relation to what Diamond's been playing, like on the opposite fence, right? I've been playing Sekiro: Shadows Die Twice, Ooh. which which is a game where if Hades is a game that kind of encourages you to continue playing every time you fail and throws you back at the beginning. Sekiro is a game that slaps you in the face every time you fail and says, fuck you, try again, or get the fuck out of my game. It, it's, it's insane how this game, you can't get better by leveling or taking passive abilities, right? Like, there's, no, there's none of that. The only thing you need to do is get better at reading your opponent and fighting them. And that's it. Plain and simple. Um... Now I've been on a souls kick because I finished Bloodborne finally, like that that whole thing completed. Um, Demon Souls on PS5 played all that, really fantastic experiences. Um, my buddy who I've been playing these Souls games with, we tried to do Demon Souls three, uh, not sorry, Dark Souls three, and we were playing it on PC. And there's like the co-op mode you can do, and it was a miserable experience because so many people are still playing that game. Uh, the moment you enable co-op and you invite your friend into your world, that opens you up to PVP experiences and people will just invade your game. And we were just unable to progress together. And it was just a miserable, we were just constantly stopping to fight people who were invading our game, essentially. Um, That's terrible. So I just, yeah, it, it was it was real bad. We were like like one night we were like playing for like two and a half hours, and we only made it to like one bonfire. Like it was, it was rough. Bonfires are checkpoints. Yeah, that sounds awful. Um, it was really bad. But I just said fuck it. Let me just play a straight up single player one of these games, and I chose Sekiro because game of the year twenty nineteen. Um, and I'll, let me tell you, the game is really good. Like the game is faster than a dark souls game it is harder than a soul it's harder than a souls game because there is no way for you to overcome by collecting experience points like you in souls games you hoard experience and then you spend it on on things uh before you get killed again um in this game no experience you get money for for killing enemies but every time you die that money is halved and the more times you die the game says well now we're going to put a debuff on you because you keep fucking up. Like, like um, even more of a handicap on you. A death yeah. debuff. Whoa. What in the... Yeah, it's insane. Until you start getting better again and killing people. Like, in, in, until you uh, wow. succeed. 
And on Destiny players hand, are complaining about stasis? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, I will never, never play this game. It's a, it's a permanent debuff to PvE. Yeah, it's Jesus. Felix, you will, you will never play this game. I'm never I'm, playing that game. It sounds like if you straight up games making that. Yeah, it sounds, it sounds like straight up torture that. porn. It's horrible. I don't want. To I hope. That. I hope you're telling the truth, Felix. I don't. I don't want to watch you play this game. I'm not. No, this would, this not. would be. This would hurt me. Um, you say that before. I'm just. I'm trying to this, make is, sure this is real. I'm never playing. Play it. Yeah. <laughs> he said this is real. Good. Good. Never playing it. Good. Ever. Thank you. There nope. are. You get stuck on mini bosses, and you can constantly have to go back and fight them again. And if you come back weaker, so be it. There's no way to purchase upgrades. Um, the game, though, however, does encourage stealth. There is a stealth aspect, unlike other Souls games, where you can sneak around and get jump on people. And that actually does... It's probably the optimal way to play, is if you don't have to get into face-to-face combat with people, then you will probably be better off. But for the situations like when you're fighting a boss, like, I'm not that far in. I, God, I must have played, like, 10 hours over the weekend, and I've gotten to a boss called, like, the Butterfly Lady, um... It's not really a spoiler. I, I don't think, at least. I spent... I probably died to this boss like 10 plus times. And every time it feels worse and worse. And your morale gets chopped in half, so you play worse, right? Like It's the kind of thing where like you know you can do this. I've gotten to phase 2 of this fight already, but now I'm dying or I'm taking damage too early. And it's... This game's punishing nah. as, as hell. And Won't I, do uh, it. Um, I, I felt that Not way playing, do it. Fighting, fighting Sephiroth in Kingdom Hearts, but I wasn't getting debuffed every time that I lost. So I can only emphasize, oh, emphasize up to that point. Em- empathize. Emphasize. Christ. Emphasize. You get it. Um, yeah, we, I mean, it I, right. I caught the gist. <laughs> However, though, once you do beat these, like I, once you do beat the Butterfly Lady, I will tell you after the eleventh or twelfth or whatever time I fought her feels damn good to finally put your controller down and go I fucking killed you and I did yeah. and you didn't get me this time yeah. and it's it's a great feeling but until that feeling happens you are I don't I don't get mad at games like I like generally I don't rage I don't throw controllers sure. this game had me this game had me like gripping, like gripping. Standing, out, standing out of my chair and like walking around and just being like how what the fuck dude how what you get these knives? How do you have ghosts now? You have ghosts now? Are Can you, you kidding set me? up a camera and record yourself? I really want to see this. Oh, you mean like stream on yeah, Twitch? See, Thanks, sir. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I wasn't what that thing is. Yeah. Turkey, maybe put a camera on you yeah. and then have the game next to I don't know how that's, next to you, maybe. I don't know. I don't, how, that's amazing yeah. that you bring that up because well, like I have no experience with these types of games because I've avoided them. Mm. But mm. like Hades is I get that satisfaction. And then the smallest enemy kills me seven rooms from then, and then I have to do all of that shit over again. All of it. Mm-hmm. From the beginning, first level, I got to fight all these pansy enemies at the beginning but that you're are like, like absolutely dominated. But, I, but I'm not you're ma- like given you're like given new tools and things. Well, that so that's the crazy that. part. Like that blows yeah. my mind that Sekiro is just like, eh, tough shit. Like you lost, get, get better try it again. Carrying we're, an object, we're not going to give you anything. Yeah. Um, 
that's the the way it's the way its system works is is instead of everybody having like pretty much health bars, um, they have like stagger meters that you build up. So like you're you're beating on their parry, like you're beating on their guard, like God. until you break their guard. Same thing for you. You have your own stagger meter that they can break. And yeah. let me let me tell you, yours is way easier to break than theirs. I'll I'll be straight up with you right now, naturally. Um, and then there are certain amounts of times you can get a death blow on them, like or a like a killing stroke. So some bosses will have like two killing strokes you need to break as as you're breaking their stagger meter. And it's man. Okay, yeah. but I will be fair. Once you beat one of these tough bosses, like one of these like like really like these are like tricky, yeah. tricky parts. They give you an item that lets you actually increase attack power slightly, but attack power just means you'll break their guard faster. You're not doing more damage to them necessarily. So, and so, and you can increase your own health by by getting certain items, and you can acquire more um, flasks like the Souls games have. Yeah, those flasks that you can like pop. You'll get more of those as you kind of progress through the game. But nothing like you're not getting new swords. You're not getting like you're not raising your your strength stat. You're not doing any of those normal. I feel like things. I'm in the middle school version of whatever Neil's playing right now, which is like college. Yeah, it's like I haven't graduated to whatever the next level of whatever that is, is that's but insane, I feel like dude. this is definitely a game that I will try and finish because this is this is like one of those pinnacles of like the souls genre, I guess you could say. Yeah, and it's. I mean, people love this game. This was like Game of the Year 2019, and I'm I am now like loving the Souls games that I've been playing because I went back. You know, Bloodborne, Demon Souls, like those games got me. They they got me back in, and I really loved what they what they had to offer. And I want to see where this game goes. Maybe Felix on Friday. Maybe I will stream it. Maybe yeah, I, I mean stream it. I mean, pop it on. I, I I streamed Uncharted Four on Crushing and broke down into a. You know, I watched that sniveling stream. pile of of garbage, whatever the fuck I was I by the end of that. I had I was told to popcorn while you were playing that. that five was a great fucking time. days to beat the 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 shipyard on crushing. I remember. Oh man, I remember watching you play that. So like, if but, I'm if I can do that on stream and look like that, you're probably gonna look way better. You're probably gonna oh, be, it's gonna be it'll be funnier. I mean, I hope you're prepared to watch me slam my head against the same few areas again and again because right. that's essentially what you do like it's essentially what you do until you decide okay well maybe i should try an- another area and see if i can find something else that will like help me that or, that was like, my biggest frustration in my brain my biggest frustration is not being able to put on a good show as a streamer when i keep repeating the same thing over and over again now what is what up, ultimately the the rage monster is funny to people but then that's all you are. Yeah, You're just a guy who's just a clown that people laugh at. And I oh, I, I no. hated that. That would make me enrage even more, knowing that people were laughing at me, not with me or near me. They were laughing at me. So that used to fucking enrage yeah. me even more. Um, yeah, so I won't do that kind of shit. I had another point I was going to say, and I can't remember. I lost it. All right. But anyway, uh, yeah, I've been playing Sekiro, and I think I'm going to try and stick with it. I am switching between that and Cyberpunk. played a little bit more Cyberpunk yesterday. I, I'm not making progress in that game. I'll be real with you guys. That game is, I am just repeating but with what feels like the same things while waiting for other main story quests Honestly, with Cyberpunk, I might honestly just mainline this story at this point just to finish the game 
instead of hitting all the exclamation points on the map. You know what I mean? Like I'm hitting because I'm just because well, I'm just I'm remembering I'm not, uh, I'm not saying anything with this game. Oh, hundred percent. And like I'm still at like mission three for Pan Am. Like Judy's might be wrapping up at this point. Um, like. Yeah, you're like trip. You're 100 percent right. Like it is essentially like I am. What am I gonna just raid another like bar uh, mission and kill a guy and then it's, the guy will call me? And once once I had the unfortunate revelation. Do you officially want to get into this? I, I I mean, I'm we're gonna say, a- say what I'm gonna say, and then we can decide where we want to go because we could we could roll right in. <laughs> um, when I had the unfortunate revelation that um, every facility building hideout whatever the fuck was mm-hmm. just the worst version of a fallout bunker of a cave in skyrim uh with far less interesting reasons to be there than either of those two games it it i have never felt that bad like when i learned how a magic trick was done for something I really liked, you know, like it just, it was like the same kind of feeling, but just really, really disappointing, probably because I wanted so much out of the game. And we've already been over like the expectation conversation. And it's probably going to play into some of this too, but it's, it, it, it hurt. And I was like, there isn't anything else here because even this, the, the best part of the game in my perspective um, were some of the story missions. And as the game went on that, that fell apart too. It became unmotivated, became too linear, became, I don't know, but the story missions and how they interconnected in the beginning were it. I was like, I just want to be done with this. It, it feels like most of the, of the work, like the hard work that they put into it were the main story conversations and quests. And even that doesn't feel like the same quality as like a witch the witcher's experience like the witcher 3 and i'm using that because that's their other their other product sure. that they yeah. that they put out um and it feels like this game ex- expectations included or cyberpunk with their expectations said that this would have been like with mass effect you feel like your character is shaped to the decisions that you make in conversation right and by the end of the game your your character is very different than someone else's character because they've gone Paragon or they've gone or they've gone evil renegade. renegade. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this one, there's really none of that. Like even fallout games have repercussions, right? Like in fallout, new Vegas, you side with Caesars. Then these these other guys don't Caesars is fallout Four. fallout Four. No fallout four is the closest to cyberpunk as you describe it. Fallout four. Fallout four. Fallout 4 has a has has one flag in the road where you go am i siding with the institute am i siding with the brotherhood am i siding like right that's kind of the only one though the whole game makes you be a good guy you just have to be a good guy sure yeah but like even like even 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 though fallout 4 is not like the most perfect game in the world people you know there's criticisms of it but they still had a way of dynamically changing how the world feels after you make a certain decision which is kind of hard to do, right? Like that is a hard thing to do. We got to give them fall for credit for that. You, you side with your, you know, the Institute, then these factions don't like you. And it changes your experience when you're back out on the world and in the playing field. I don't see, or maybe trip or anyone who's further than me in this game can, can, can tell me, does anything change the way night city feels for V specifically V 
and the way you're experiencing because so far you just walk into an area they talk to you they know who you are and then you just continue you just continue on with the conversation like maybe uh, johnny uh, silver there's one decision you, you can, there, there's one decision that you can make in the game that seems to change the game and it's it's when you uh kill fingers <laughs> If you kill fingers, you no longer have have him as a vendor forever. <laughs> he can't be a vendor in the game. That's the one permanent change you can make. I killed fingers, and then I could never get the cool jumpy legs because fingers. So sell they don't those. respawn NPCs back in the world. No, no fingers no, specifically. No, nowhere in the world. The only, well, okay. no, that's not true. The um, those assault points that are like the little bat. On the those respawn, you can go back to those. Actually, that's how people farm materials. They just <laughs> in a loop. They just kill dudes, run away, literally run right back, kill them all again, but, run back, all kill right. them all again. But see, like that's a that's a, but but like, like, again, like, that's a I'm not playing the game that watching. way. I'm not playing the game that way. Yeah. I'm saying people. Okay. Do. All right. I so I wrote an article <laughs> earlier. Fingers, man. Uh, that I posted today. I have it open. And I have not read it yet. I'm so sorry. Because it's it's fine. It's I for since Cyberpunk came out, I've been unable to figure out why it wasn't sitting right with me. I knew that I I played it and I knew that I liked parts of it, but my experience was not equal to like the fervent frustration of the internet. I couldn't figure out why. So I'm playing, I'm playing, I'm playing, and then I write in the article that my my save file gets corrupted. The eight megabyte save file issue. Oh, that that happened to you. Yeah. So I had to delete my save file and start over again, which I was kind Ooh. of okay with. How far were um, I? Mean, I guess if you're okay, you weren't that deep in. I was I was about ten hours in, but I had chosen the the corpo narrative, and I just mm. there was no emotion behind it, so I really didn't care for it. I so when that. I deleted it, I did the nomad instead, and I felt so much better about like that backstory in particular. So eventually, I'm I'm listening to a trip. It might have been you were talking about it. And you had mentioned something about, I can't remember when this was, but you had mentioned something about playing the experience and trying to equal what I was told to what I was playing. Like if I just listened to what the devs and the, and the fans and the actors and Keanu Reeves on stage told me about cyberpunk, you would think I was playing the next evolution of video games whatever that is it's i don't know yeah. what it looks like the impression i don't know this was going to be like the the watershed moment the paradigm shift where we can point to a, a, a game and go this is where this is when it changed experience leveled up this is when we got west world the video game which is i think people didn't maybe say that but that's what we we're experiencing this is what the closest we're going to get to this like total life experience immersion yeah. so the the if people want to read the article please do i would love it if you did um but the general consensus is that i realized that cyberpunk is a video game trying to tell me that it's a video game like it's it's not a video game and the one example that i couldn't get out of my head is at the beginning when you get the the optics put into your eye right at the beginning mm -hmm. and vic says to you Hey, when you put these optics in, you're going to get a new sight 
oh, and you'll be able to see a, a, a counter for your ammo. And he puts the sight in. And nothing changed in my HUD. Nothing. I could see my ammo beforehand. I had a sight beforehand while I was fighting through the, the apartment scene. So what are you talking about? What am I what am I getting that is a benefit now to what it was then? And I couldn't get that experience out of my head until I realized that the dialogue driven story narrative is trying to mask the elements of the video game as the cyberpunk aspects of it. But the reality is I'm still playing a video game. That doesn't just because you tell me that I put an optic in here and now I have a HUD. That's not immersion. That's just fact. (laughs) I think they you're I mean, you're you're dead right where they could have had you play that first mission without any like kind of like heads up. It's just small small things. You get it. And then it actually changes your experience. So now my if I if I can kind of piggyback off of that, that exact moment, because that exact moment is part of that original demo. You play through that experience almost moment for moment. And what drew me in, like I I watched this thing at least once a week for after it dropped, just obsessed with it because the world did truly look incredibly detailed. um, And I would like, based on what I had seen, my mind was extrapolating out. Oh my God, what else is there going to be? And the thing Uh that I really latched onto was the moment where the the other up the other upgrade to your body you get the other augment besides the the, the eyeball is you get a, a, a skin graft on your palm that connects to your gun and I saw them install this with this piece of like street medical tech that someone had designed created thought about for humans is seventy years in the future and then implemented how it worked where someone would put their hand into this machine into this ring of concentric circles and every concentric circle would move independent of its of itself, little needles going crazy on the hand and doing this like little robot operation on this part of your body. I hyperfixated on that going, oh my God, that's such a cool idea about the future, about uh, you know, getting closer to the human cyborg conversion, which will probably happen at some point in the future. Just uh, that alone was a catalyst of so much imagination for me. And I'm like, if this just happens in a regular cutscene, how much more of this are we going to get? Like how much world building, uh, how much creativity do they have about what the future is going to be like? What's their imagination? And while we did get those scenes in the game. So if you didn't watch the E3 playthrough, you got to experience it. It was very cool. I don't remember ever seeing another moment in the game that was as like future human uh, highlighting that that showed you that showed off someone's imagination of the future that showed a way to bring you into the world that was really immersive that that caught me in that way like that whole beginning was so well crafted and it just it fell off after that and the game didn't have enough to hold it up the closest it, is probably the BD when you go into a BD for the first time that's probably the closest second of like. But- now I can experience murder. Not that I would want to, but just it's right. like. Well, ahead. I bought I bought some kind of sex BD in one of those like sex shops on Jig Jig Street, and I couldn't go into the sex BD, so I was like, "Fuck this." <laughs> so you just said, "All right." Forget. Well, no, because I made I made this point on the show before, and I wanted to tell you, Diamond Jab, that like, yeah. uh, I, I'm just going to say it again because I know you guys have heard it, and people who listen to the last two shows probably heard it. Everyone is expecting this immersive experience 
and they're getting a game, and that kind of sucks. And it really does suck, and I can't blame anyone for it, but I'm fine with the game. I'm just fine with the game. It's a game. So so here's here's my counter because this is the rest of this is the rest of my article. I'm not is saying CD it's a Project, fun game. I'm just saying it's a game. <laughs> CD Project Red was working, crunching, whatever term you want to use, depending on who you are, on this game over here, saying that it was it's gonna it's gonna change everything. Mm-hmm. But what they didn't know is that over here were four developers. We're Nintendo, we're Sucker Punch, Insomniac, and and I think the the other example I, I picked was uh, was uh, Sony Santa Monica, but you could throw like uh, like Kojima, Square Enix, whatever you want to call it. Because all of a sudden, right on the back half of the PlayStation Four, were all of these developers that were creating open world games that were that understood the way that we innovate an open world game is by creating something other than a point A to point B character driven experience. And what I mean by that is I'm playing ghost of Tsushima and ghost of Tsushima is f- the fact that it's taken me this long to even get halfway through it is, is unreal, but ghost of Tsushima, you play as Jin Sakai. Jin Sakai is not the main character of that game. He's the character you play as, but the Island is the main character of that game. And the way it does that is through passive storytelling and through intentional design, the wind that blows the, the, the color palette, the, the environment, the sound design, everything about the game is meant to inform the player about what they're doing and where they are. So all of a sudden I'm playing ghost of Tsushima as I'm playing cyberpunk and I'm sitting here going, which is really innovating here. Then I reflected back to, all right, so if it's intentional point a point B, I played two experiences that took intentional point point a point B and threw it in my face. And that was God of war and death stranding. But why don't I feel the same way about those games when it's, that's the whole concept is just Kratos going from point A to point B or in, in death stranding. It's just Sam Porter bridges going from point A to point B literally delivering stuff from point A to point B. Literally, you literally draw the a line. The whole game is just line. take this and bring it to point B. That's the but whole game. It feels great. But why don't I feel the same? And it it's because it really does. The, the design around those games is not, it's about masking the point A to point B around a very intentional part of an emotional experience. Death Stranding is meant to feel oppressively lonely. That's what it's meant to feel like. Instead, what Cyberpunk does is it takes all of this static noise. It takes the, the, the ambiance of the city. It takes the, the, the environment. It takes the cybernetics and it throws it all in your face. But none of it masks anything because in the way that they defined a cyberpunk era is the same way a video game developer would develop a video game. It's the same way cyberpunk can do that. If that's the way they want to design their game, that's fine. But the consequence of that is four other developers have actually taken the open world genre and advanced it to a point that, at least in my opinion, that is where open world thrives. This is where open world is. 
Cyberpunk just is not great. It's not terrible. It's the video game. And that just kind of is what it is. I feel like you, you missed one of those diamond. Not that it's a huge addition because you had incredible examples, but if we're talking about like a really direct parallel to like a cyberpunk experience uh, and a game that, that no one really heralded as the next wave of open world, though it probably has the crown. If we were to look objectively red dead redemption Two. Look at all of the things you could do in that game, just immersion-wise, but also look at the emotional investment of the story and look at the life that world had. Red Dead Redemption 2 is a video game until they tell you, spoilers, that your character is dying. The moment they tell you your character is dying, the way you play your character changes. The actions you take... I. If I rewind back to Ghost of Tsushima, one of the things I realized is um, every time I would walk into a house that wasn't mine or I got done a fight, you could swipe down on the touchpad and your character would bow. Or every time um, uh, every time there was a character like crawling away from from battle, like they're just dying at this point, they're just crawling away. I wouldn't kill them. Not because I didn't want the XP or because I, I wanted to finish the fight. But because I wanted the 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 fear around the concept of the ghost to be real. So I'm going to let this dude crawl away. He's not going to go anywhere because that's not the mechanic that's there. But it built into my narrative of going, I'm going to let this dude survive. The moment they tell you that your character in Red Dead Redemption 2, Arthur Morgan, is is dying is the is the moment your perspective changes. Even if you're playing the game as a as a rogue, you're just murdering people left and right. You could still play it the same way, but you don't have the same perspective that you had before. For for 25 hours of cyberpunk, my perspective never changed. I, I might have learned information, but I was always on the same. I was always in the same place, and any character that moved me emotionally was was gone by that point. Spoilers if you haven't played cyber, but you know. Um, to build off what both you and Trip said was with Ghost of Tsushima, the world being the main character is 100% true because every moment of that game is is inviting you to continue and inviting you to explore and see what is out there, right? Um, and the same way, Night City should probably try and do the same thing because they put a lot of emphasis on the world. Right. A lot of emphasis is on Night City and exploring all of those little nooks and crannies. But every street you walk down, it's the same random dialogue from characters, the same weird looking ch- children walking down the street. You know, like, I, I don't want to stop you, but I do want to interject. We yeah. we Go were ahead. told cyberpunk's soul is in Night City, but I've never felt mm-hmm. that its soul is in Night City. It's the most interesting, objectively, I think. Um it's the most it's creative. Dense. There's it's dense. tons of people walking around. Yeah, place to go. But I don't feel Night City. But part of the, I don't think part of that is Night City's fault. Part of it is the design. Why am I being introduced mm-hmm. to the same mob boss in the same way? Just because I drive through that area, I get an introductory phone call. Hey, what's up? I'm such and such. Oh, I got a car God, to sell. Come on stuff. over and, and maybe we'll chat. I'm like, okay, but, cool. Awesome. That was cool for that one character. And then all of a sudden I was doing the Delamain missions and I was trying to pick up all the cars. And I realized mm-hmm. every time I would drive into an area, that mob boss would call me. Get a phone so call, now yeah. all of a sudden I'm completing a mission 
and I'm just seeing the same design repeated over and over and over and over and over again. Hey, what's up, man? Come on over. We could talk. I got a car to sell. Hey, what's up, man? Come on over. We could talk. I got a car to sell. And I'm just like, oh, yeah, this is the only way I'm introduced to characters that that aren't like major dialogue characters. Oh, my God, man. Definitely. You know, continue what you were uh, were saying about the the city to build off what you were saying, Trip, about how the first initial missions feel so well crafted and inviting into the world and showing you what the possibility of this game can be right with the way they implant implant your eye and the grafting of all the stuff like those those there's a large dip after that those first missions in quality i I would say in quality just straight up where you're either just in static dialogue uh with other characters and doing pretty samey missions you're not doing anything that seems thought-provoking you're doing the same thing in the main missions from where i am right now i don't know if it changes right now because i'm still kind of i'm probably like 40 percent into the game still right now but nothing changes drastically between what I'm doing when I walk near an exclamation point on the map and it says, Hey, uh, the guy calls you and goes, Hey, uh, there's a crazy person in this area. You might want to just go fight this guy or, Hey, can you go in here and grab the thing inside the building and sneak either, you know, you know, like, you know, I'm talking about those missions that they give you. Um, they're called gigs. The gigs. They're just baggage dumps, bros. I don't feel like doing this. I need someone to do it, so I'm going to hire the mercenary to do it. If they would have the leaned merc. into like, the mercenary thing, if they would have leaned into that, though, they didn't, they didn't lean into the concept of the mercenary. Once the prologue is finished, what, what, am I, what is my character the, still the, doing? The game is just about Johnny Silverhand at that point. Like uh, essentially, that is that character becomes the main character. If you want to talk about main characters yeah. being things, he becomes the main focus. Your priorities shift, and just like in Red Dead, spoilers for for Cyberpunk, your character is dying in the game, and you're told you're dying. But I don't know if I feel the same way about V or Arthur Morgan in this, in this scenario, because they're showing me Johnny Silverhand and Johnny Silverhand is the new focal point of the game. Not really necessarily V trip. Oh, um, I just, I had a, a side thought when you mentioned like the gigs and things, and it's another yeah. thing that is, that just takes away from my immersion and fun playing in this world. Uh, I found a lot of, uh, a lot of gig missions, just randomly. You know, but sometimes I wouldn't get the call for the gig mission. And if you don't get the call, but you've cleared out an area and you you go to like get the chest or you go to find where they're keeping like whatever, wherever the good shit is, you can't open that chest. So I had a whole I had a whole moment where I cleared out an entire like cul-de-sac of like gang members. Couldn't get anything. And I was like, this is okay, Waste of time. I left. Then I got a call. I went back. No one was there, and then the the chest was That's even better. Did you airdrop me like a, a code for this? Like what what happened? What, what was what was the difference with this moment here? Why was I not allowed? V, to open up can a you box get in there and uh, kill some found. dudes? Can you get in there and but kill some it's dudes? Because it's all but a, that's a, the a thing, framework. though. It's like cyberpunk. What I ended up realizing is that's first of all. For those of us that have done like gaming podcasts and we stream like games aren't just games. 
games aren't they're not just games they're they they serve a bigger purpose in our lives in particular and what i realized was uh, cyberpunk is a video game to felix's point but every game that has a higher rating than cyberpunk right now is more than that every, every open world game that has a higher rating than cyberpunk brought something else to the table that didn't identify it solely as an open world game. It threw something else on the table to say, this is where the value lies. Yeah. Cyberpunk is a video game. Cyberpunk is very much a video game and that's fine. But what I realized is the fault is not with cyberpunk. The fault is if you're going to tell me that your game is era defining, I've already played an era defining game. And it doesn't feel the same way this feels. So something's not right. You don't have to apologize. You just need to acknowledge that the product you put out there is not even remotely close to the best product that's out there right now. So if the dialogue is not matching, and this went into the question that Tripped asked, like, do I get to be frustrated because this is creatively what they wanted to put out? I don't know. I don't know if I get to be frustrated. I'm the one who paid you, 60 bucks. It is what it is. Would you, would you blame the marketing material for that diamond? Like, would you, cause they had like night city wires, like week, <laughs> like, like monthly, like showcases of like mm-hmm. the things you'll experience in the night focus city. on the night city wires as a concept were, let me give you small glimpse of immersion into this world as just a tiny taste of the things you're going to be able to do in this video game. That was the selling point of the concept. The reality yeah. of the concept being they showed you everything which, in the game. <laughs> wild to me. It's like when you yeah. no trip, it's like when you go and watch uh, a movie trailer um in the theater and you're like, Wow, that's amazing. And then the movie trailer is all the best shots and best scenes right. and best right. quotes the in the entire, entire movie. Yeah. And then the you trailer. play the movie, you, you go to the movie and you're like, wait, there's nothing extra. What you the get the fuck? B and C plots when you see the whole movie, but you don't give a shit. Yeah. So that's, that's what it is. Yeah. So I flipped on this twice in terms of my opinion. My first opinion was watchdogs. Remember what watchdogs looked like or the division when it first came out, right? We've talked about this a lot. Like it's mm-hmm. when they showed it at the, the, the pre-release it, stuff. It, the pre-release. pre-release. Those are two of the other most notorious yeah. demos that were wildly by the way. Yes. But yes. my first thought was E3 is not a platform for me. E3 is a platform for investors. So when you say this is our vision for what we want to create, the goal is when it's finally done, we want to get it as close as we possibly can to that. But it's probably not going to be that if we don't get a lot. That's of totally not support. how they present their, their product, though. This is the flip. This is my flip opinion now is that regardless of how they showcase it, the platform has evolved. E3 is no longer just for investors anymore. It's mm-hmm. publicized. It's streamed. Everyone can watch it. So now when what you're showing to investors is not just for them, for the dream of your product, you're showing it to Joe Schmo, who's got 60 bucks to burn on his third, you know, on his last paycheck. And he wants to experience this. So the question becomes, what do you show at that point? I mean, I, as as these mediums grow and develop and change, 
we are the investors because of pre-ordering, mm-hmm. because of crowdsourcing. I think yeah. like an investor well, or we're investors who don't studio, research, but we're investors. She, that's <laughs> right, why exactly. Disney just weirdly did oh 100%. That's why I think Di- that's going to Hold on, I think that's going to go away or at least that that margin's going to get a lot smaller in the future. Like I know everyone likes to poke fun at um um uh God damn it. Robert Space Industries and um Star Tell, Citizen. Thank you. Star Citizen. The name was just escaping yeah. me. Uh, and this like weird 10 year project that exists but doesn't right now, but has raised $350 million from the players of the game who still one day hope to play a cohesive experience. I think that's going to be the more of the norm than being like, okay, this studio is backing this. So they have this pile of cash to work with. Can I throw well, you like, back? That, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. That, like that, that was like the early access promise for a lot of these games. But early the problem access, with that ordering it's all under the same umbrella. But, but even in some cases, early access games are even worse. And Hades is definitely one of the exceptions in this. And what I'm about to say, Rare. but for a lot of early access games, they never come to fruition. What they promise to those early access investors, the customers, us, um, never really comes out the way we want it. And DayZ is definitely a prime example of that. But there are tons of games that end up falling through or just don't fulfill what they want because because of like your star like Star Citizen may eventually 10 years from now be a great experience, but who's to say at this point because we're 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 giving into the promise of something just like these E3 trailers, just like all of these other pre-marketing materials and we let that define our view of what we're going to experience. Right. And that's kind of the idea of them, right? Like they're supposed to set a set an expectation for what we're getting. Like, yeah, we were lied to like, and it is not wrong of us to say that we were lied to about a lot of these, a lot of these games, like watchdogs, uh, watchdogs one. And even, you know, all these other games that like came out and weren't what we, saw in the pre-release stuff um it's not it's not a good feeling and we continue to reward these companies for doing it like we continue to like fall like back and fall in line with them with our wallets ultimately well well so here's the here's the interesting part about support in that way is that i think more than ever before the publisher and the developer are two separate entities. They're not mm-hmm. blended together as much as they used to be. So my, my perspective on that is I, I think I the agree. game that's doing it right. God, I hope it comes out is beyond good and evil Two. Mm-hmm. Beyond good and evil two has been in development for a long time. What have we seen on stage? We saw two CG trailers. Uh, yeah, I was going to say cinematic. Two, two cinematic trailers to build hype. Now, gameplay has leaked, but it leaked from a closed doors play session for investors. I think if that's how you're going to present it, don't show me what I hope a game is. Because right now the percentages are so low it's not going to be that so you can build hype if you want to do night city wires that's fine but if you're if what you currently have is not what you currently have and you're fabricating it with cg or frame by frame editing or whatever the case may be 
that's not right. It's, it just isn't. It's just not well, right. Uh, we're leaving out, I think, something that's important to the story of cyberpunk specifically in terms of expectation setting, which I think is an overarching theme with all of this, right? It's it's how are we looking at expectation? How are we given expectation? And how do we interpret that? Um, if there is even a way to interpret it, because a lot of times uh, they want us to think that it's interpretable, but it's not delivered in a way that that is interpretable. And that brings me to my point that we were told in April when the original release date was coming up for cyberpunk Mm -hmm. that the game is fully done it's so done you guys you don't understand how done it is but we're just gonna make sure that it's like the most incredible game you can play so we need a little bit more time and we're going to delay it it's fully playable it's in such a good state these were things that they said when they were delaying this game and then that delay happened and then another, another delay happened and another delay happened and every time we're like oh this is just getting more and more better. So of course I'm fine with this. Of like, of yeah. course. Uh, you've already told me that the game is fully done. And this is just icing on the cake. This is polish. Please polish. And what we got was was oof, I the mean, opposite of polish. Barely a, a beta and not there was no polish anywhere. And it's, yeah. but it's we've funny been because told for the whole year that there was nothing but polish left. That was pretty mm-hmm. explicit with how they've delivered that message. And I don't know if you can argue and, that. They're legal Jason's article, but there's no way you could really argue it. In in Jason Schreier's article, they really the investors really wanted to release the game in that early timeline, that April time frame, because they wanted to be able to release the PS4 and Xbox One version of the game, and they wanted to pull the GTA Five. Essentially, they wanted to pull the can we release on the on the early console, next gen console comes out, we can release it a second time and get the they next the double dip. Yeah. They wanted the double dip and that ended up not happening because the game spoiler alert, was not done in April. And we know that by now, we know that now with the experience that we're all current gen yeah. version was a little, little super tangential, super quick. Uh, but yeah. I think that plan would have fallen through no matter what, because of the trend that started soon after of companies saying, Oh yeah, if you buy it now, you're just going to, we're going to give you next gen's version for free. They yeah. all would have and fallen so, in line once that. Cyberpunk once that was pattern, one of the people who said that. They were one of the companies they, that did n- that. Not the first. They were not the first. And no, I think they, they weren't. Were, the first. They were in a development yeah. position where they could pivot away from the investor wish the of like separately double dipping. Yeah, yeah. They, it was an easy decision for them to make. But I think if things played out and they they were ready to release and tried to double dip, they would have had to kind of reverse that plan and follow the trend of just giving people the next gen update i'm in the, i'm in the small boat of if cd cdpr and whoever the head of it is or the development team came out and said what you're playing not visually not performance what the core concept of the game your missions your structure your traversal your combat everything is was our was our vision this is what we wanted then ancient, I can do about it as a player. That's what you wanted to give me. I can render my opinion on it, but this is your project. But if you want to come out and, and say, we'll fix it. Trust me, the version that like, this is, this was not what we intended to put out there. We're going to do fixes and this and that. And the other thing, I don't buy it. I don't buy it. Mind you, I'm also, the same person who no longer buys it from 
games that I supported for a long time. So I'm I'm burner number one here between Avengers and Anthem and all these other games that I've decided to put time and money and effort into. God, as much as I still I wanted to ask you about as much I as wanted I to ask you about Avengers Diamond, bro, still in it. Kate Bishop, the whole nine right. yards, living my best life. With that being <laughs> said, <laughs> Avengers Square Enix hasn't said a oh word about good, bad, indifferent. They're doing weekly blogs like it's no big deal. There's nothing wrong with the game. They're owning the sh- out of being completely tone deaf. Hey, <laughs> they're owning the tone deaf. They're owning it's, the tone deaf. People are it's like, yo, my my files are being deleted. They're like, yo, check out this Kate Bishop footage. It's phenomenal. Like, <laughs> take a <laughs> look at all the photos people are putting it up there. Like, you would think uh, there's nothing wrong with the game. Certainly an angle. And hey, I'm okay with that. If that's how you want to own it, by all means, I'm there until the game goes under fine. But that doesn't mean I have to buy it. That doesn't mean I have to buy that nothing's wrong. Something's wrong. So then you don't have to say how do you feel about the apology video from last week? I don't need it. I don't need an apology video. I don't need the head of CD Projekt Red to come out and apologize to me for a game that I know what it is. But I also am a 32 year old gamer who know who spent money on a game that isn't very good. And I've done that a handful of times in the last two years. (laughs) I don't need every developer to come out and be like, oh my, like, hey, this is not what we want. Like, we apologize for anyone who we deceived. All right, whatever. Like, just just, do you guys guys remember in early quarantine when the first couple ads were like, we know it's really fucking tough right now. And when we were all like, wow, it is fucking tough. Thanks, Hyundai, for saying that. Uh, And then like a week later, and it was like, times are tough you should get yourself an air fryer and you're like fuck you bro stop that i'm tired of your angle i think we're all at the i'm tired of your angle i'm tired right of your now. shit are you man. calling me out i totally bought an air fryer like two months into quarantine well they First sold of all, me one dude i, I mean i did as well <laughs> I mean, that that everyone did I, 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 air fryer i bought one our choice but we if that air fryer yes. company said to me that they were making the most innovative next generation air fryer and it did the same shit another air fryer did. No, no, not most it's not most innovative <laughs> air fryer, it's most innovative cooking device. That's what they that's what they said. They said this is going to cook food better than any, we'll anything. Get, we'll get Johnny and what's Ives really funny the, is uh, yeah, what's, what's what's really funny is there's so many memes now. Of people who are like air fryers are just not they're not what they marketed it as at all. Uh, no, it's, it's, you. It's, they're amazing. It's, it's you. It circulates hot air around a box, which Bro, is what get, it does. Which is good. I get some of the most baller crispy chicken out of an air fryer. So like Oh hell yeah, my my wings on point now. Just saying the cauliflower bites, fire. Ooh, okay. I'm just yeah. putting it out there. My, hey, I'm just saying if, if Look, CD Projekt Red tried to tell me that this air fryer was gonna, you know, make me lose fifty pounds, that wasn't gonna happen, and I knew it wasn't gonna happen. <laughs> the air fryer is like how a game renders what's right in front of you, right? It shows you something, but something else is going on. That's yeah. that's, that's the best analogy right there. I mean, Nothing's yeah. frying, but it does pretty no, good work. It does pretty good work, you know. <laughs> It is. Well, oh my goodness <laughs> oh my god it is the star wars at ea of cooking devices oh god so uh, let me tell you one thing that forward. i'm upset hold on i okay. didn't say anything 
Let me tell he's you one. The, he's got the one back thing. Okay, got the back. Got the back <laughs> scratcher. Got the back scratcher. <laughs> no, the one thing I'll say, um, because I, I get all your perspectives. They marketed a certain way, and that fucking was a lie. I know that. I didn't walk into it with any expectations, and when I got into the game, I'm also somebody that really creates a game within with himself. Like you give him like three weird blocks in the corner of his fucking preschool. And then he's suddenly doing something with them. And people are like, why, what is he doing with those blocks? We don't know. He created some kind of weird game with it. Right. So I do the, that. The game and, is for sure a playground. Def- it's right. definitely a so playground. I did that. No but, but let me tell you, yeah. I had a wall on that. So I, I have now completed, I'm 50, 50, you know, 50 street cred, 50 level 50. I've completed every street, crime in the game i've completed every side gig um i only have story missions to do right and i ran out of money like i have no way to make an income out of money you only make income for the most part off of the gigs and the, the side things the game lacks any radiant quests that continue your ability to earn the the economy is pretty shy once your map is right so once the map is clear you make no money and that's the reason why people are walking to vending machines and faking this painting thing to make money. <laughs> they, they're they're pulling the they're pulling the old uh, Edward Furlong in Terminator Two. That's what they're doing. They're coming up with the, like the little credit card machine in there. And and y'all try to get pissed off at Marvel's armor system. A fucking RPG ran out of money. It, it ran, ran out. Of right. What do you want from now, me? Now in the, de- the game's Jesus. defense, in the game's defense, they didn't know God. I was gonna like put all of my money into upgrading guns. That's all I put money into. Every single time I wanted to upgrade guns, I would, you know. Basically, I would I would buy the materials of your weird defense of the game's experience, uh, delivering that experience. To I don't you, know if it's a defense. They should expect uh, any Everything. any situational use of funds to the absolute nth degree. Right. In a video game. Wait, it's a, it's an RPG. What RPG doesn't doesn't Bro, have a, a system for you can't repeated, just print like, money. You know this. You know this. You can't just print money. Jesus. Well, you the can family. now because we we there's a there's a single painting that you get, and here's the here's yeah. the scam. You get four thousand to put it into the machine. You walk away from the machine, walk back. It's five dollars to get it back. <laughs> you buy it back for five dollars, put it back in the machine for another four until the machine's empty. Oh, dude, send me this. Send me the details on this after and that's, the stream. I'm gonna, that's I'm how gonna you make this right now. That's how you make money. Now you have to play the quest that gives you, you this painting. Man. You have to do that, but once you play that, it's a side quest. It's a gig. You play the quest, you get the painting, and then you can just use this as a, a money laundering device. And so now when I go into the game, because I have no way to make money because there's <laughs> nothing on the map, yo, I literally get up. Remember, I'm still role-playing this. Where I, This is the most unbelievable shit I've I ever still, heard. I still make the character go to sleep and wake up in you the morning, what? but she goes through a routine where she does a route where she goes to all these vending machines and steals money, launders money from the vending machines. This is my RP, my RP experience. And then once she has enough funds to go and about her real, day. A real street kid. Yeah. No, she's not a street right. kid. She's a Look, corpo. Remember I, when I said I, I didn't need an apology? Yeah, fuck all that noise. I, I, I needed that apology now. I didn't even know this was a thing. <laughs> yeah. I didn't it, even you know don't experience, running out of money was a thing. That's what I'm saying. In, you don't experience it until you get to the end game. 
and you've completed everything on the map. You literally have nothing to do. You cannot buy every car by just playing the game's right. missions. It's impossible. I, and get this. I need. Is there a new game plus? I need. Yo, get this. I just calculated. I have it written down. What? Look, it's written on a piece of paper right here. It's written on my PlayStation <laughs> on the, 5 user like, guide. User guide. I wrote it on here. It's. You I need. Other, you didn't have. Felix, that's I know all that was in front of me. IPhone with a notepad app. What I, are you doing right I did it in pencil so manual. I could erase it. I could erase it later. You can backspace oh on a iPad. It's, it's, right. Look at okay. this. I was too lazy okay. to open my phone. Yeah, show me your handwriting <laughs> on this piece of on this book. Show looks, me what you wrote on a book, Felix. Looks, looks like a third grader. Right. Oh, so it's, yeah, this is how much money. This is how much money I need to launder. Shameless this, plug to, to if you don't know, we broadcast live on Twitch, even though it's an audio product. Uh, Twitch.tv slash emergent underscore gamer. You can see Felix holding this up to the camera live on the internet. So this is how much money I need to launder. Oh okay, I'm going to tell you. This is to buy all the cars because I haven't bought any cars. I've only earned the cars they give you in story missions or like side quests. So oh my God. I want to buy all the cars, and there's no way to make money in the game. One point six seven four million. One million six hundred and seventy four thousand euros, eddies, whatever the fuck they're called. I have Euro to, dollars. I have to get through this laundering scheme where you go to these vending machines. Each vending machine, some have as much as thirty grand in them. And remember, you could also do this with vendors as well. So I can take this painting, give it to a vendor, buy it back for five bucks, give it again. The most I've seen in a vending machine is $30,000. So I, I have to do this for hours until I can get $1.674 million to buy every car in the game. It sounds like the Stardew math I'm doing when I have to so figure liter- out how many literally going to plant to be able to afford my barn upgrade in a couple of weeks. But, but to reinforce Diamond's point, literally the poor design of the game has forced people to come up with a cheat or find a cheat to make more money. Well, that's, that's always going to happen. But, but I mean, that's sure. poor design. If if they if your yeah, community the very, is forced into other, doing this, the very basic like reward of cash in a game to buy like dumb shit cosmetics should never run out. Right, that's the bare minimum. But that's not like because it's even that's in Skyrim. Like here's an extra currency to buy cosmetics. This is the only currency in the game. There's no like. There's no like pay real money currency. Yeah, so this right. isn't like a battlefront XP crate problem. This is this There's, is right. You and, got and so to a, a certain zero on the number of cash in the game, and people were like, "That's enough." And there so should be some way to that you're challenged where this resource is scarce or it makes you work really really hard, and then that gradually increases as the game goes on in terms of your ability oh, to earn shit. and your so ability I to went, buy. But I didn't know this run out. That's amazing. So I go and I go and change the way I play this. This is what I'm saying. I go and I'm going to hoard money now. I'm just going to be like, I can't let go of this. I need to save it for whatever I need. You know, when I I start to notice that this wall was real, I started, I was in one, I I was completing each section. So I would do like uh, the first section, certain area, I would complete each one. I would get everything done because you would get a trophy when you did that. I got a trophy for each section including the Badlands. When you complete everything in the Badlands, you get a trophy. So I was doing all of them. But then I was like in this one section and um, I had a main story quest and I was going to do it. But the main story quest says, do other gigs and wait a day for this guy. And I was like, okay, cool. Do other gigs. So I said, I'm in this section. I don't want to go to the new section yet. I just want to redo something in this section because I'm near where the fucking quest marker is. 
Remember, Trip Zero, I had said to you, my ideal for playing this game would be to never fast travel, never do the time-waiting bullshit, never do any of that. I haven't done mm-hmm. any of that. The only, I've rarely done the time-wait, and it's only when I know for a fact the quest is coming up and I just do it. I mean, me and you align on that perspective. Yeah. Uh, I've, I've, I think time-waited once by accident, right. uh, and I think I did a fast travel to explore that system. Out of pure curiosity. Just to see how it is. And I'm probably yeah. going to do that on a second playthrough. But, like, getting to my point, I'm in this section. They have on the... This goes back to my point that I made about the BDs. About the fact that you can buy fucking BDs in the fucking BD shop and they lead to nothing. It's a thing in your inventory that you can sell. That's all it is. Why would I buy mm-hmm. it to then just fucking sell it back? I bought right. the BD it, so I could experience the fucking sex BD. It, it and sits why, in the why the inventory. fuck can't I fucking see the naked chick in the sex beat? <laughs> it's stupid. Um, but it goes back to the pe- fact that the, the fixer <laughs> icons, the shit. icons for the fixers, once you meet them, you said that what's really shitty is the fact that you always meet the fixers the same way. I think what's shitty is every time you go to a fixer, you can't get more, more quests. They're the fixer of the region. I can't walk up and get a yes. radiant quest from a Holy fucking shit. fixer. That right there. Look, Skyrim was playing. doing Skyrim was doing radiant quest in 2012 when that game fucking came out. I'm sure Oblivion before that did radiant quest. Am I right? Anyone play it? I didn't play it. The, the uh, Oblivion, the Oblivion gates were radiant like. Right. Yes. So you can walk up. You can say, "Give me another quest." It gives you another quest, even if, if it's mind numbing or repetitive. I want to go up to the fixer and have the fixer go. Yeah, here's another Jesus quest. Go kill this fucking dumb idiot over here. Please do it in an elaborate way that's or do it quietly or anything. But that that's where I realized there's a problem with the game because and, and for me, you, you guys are you discovered it earlier because you had different expectations. I'm playing this game, I'm getting a lot out of it, then all of a sudden I'm like level 50 in and I'm like, "Wait, I shouldn't be experiencing something that doesn't reward me at all." It doesn't give me an avenue to get rewarded. And and the worst part is, is now I have just the story quests, and a lot of them are wait and do more gigs while you wait. <laughs> and I'm like, there's no gigs left. I can't go to a fixer and get more, you fuck asses. I get oh, nothing. Felix, there's nothing in the world. Your play style of games often breaks the hard, like really, really hardly pushes. It pushes against the walls of the game. You did this with Outer Worlds. Outer Worlds also. Well, I, you I pushed I, against no, I, the framework. No, that that's in the design. Here. No, you can't say that about Outer Worlds or Fallout New Vegas. Obsidian specifically says we want to make it so that somebody can go through our game and kill everything. They design it that way. That's intentional. I know I did but kill in everything the, in, in the game, but like in the process, you you broke a lot of the quest mechanics and storyline. No, though. like you broke. No, no, I didn't. Those you, games. You you beat the game. You beat the game. By killing everybody. Yes. You can't break anything in those games. They they design it with one thread that you cannot destroy. There's one thread on the baseline of the game that you can never, that you have to complete. And then everything above that can go. And that's what's beautiful about both of Obsidian's <laughs> titles. You have the ability to go through and murder everyone in Fallout New Vegas or, and, and not break the game. That's what's beauty. That's why Fallout 3 and 4 are problematic for me. Because I couldn't do that. I wanted that option. I want that kind of moral flexibility. And you don't get that. And I wanted that 
I don't think you're being morally flexible in that situation. No, I'm not, because I'm choosing the same path every time. I'm inflexible. Morally malleable. If I want it to be good, I could. I want that option there. (laughs) But um, that you know, to go to reinforce your point, Trip Zero. I'm also critical of this game because I can't do that. There's a lot of essential characters in this game. I mean, I I think the the theme that we're that we've all hit on using various words and experiences is that we had a certain vision for this. And then we went down a path and eventually smacked up against a wall, not an uncommon experience in video games, but we smacked up against the wall that felt like it shouldn't exist in a game in 2020 for an experience that built itself for the way right. that it built itself. And I think that's really why we feel as bad as we do about this it's because of the circumstances. It's because of how big and wide and strong these walls are. They're walls that shouldn't exist in video games no. in 2020. But they're all here, and they're all in this game. Because at, at the end of the well, day, Cyberpunk feels like uh, uh, a really, really solid open-world RPG from pre-Breath of the Wild. Like, right, right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yep. The moment Breath of the Wild came out was the moment that open-world games evolved Me, meaning and, meaning what what that tells us is because that's when it started its development that the people who were developing it were doing it entirely in a bubble and never changed they never changed they never changed now, it feels, they never adapted the they're not playing newer games pre witcher 3 they feel like an like like a pre witcher 3 which is also one of their games like witcher 3 felt more fleshed out probably because of the narrative that supported it here's the other thing about well yeah one well, amazing in witcher you know, you kind of have a rail to to ride on when it comes to The Witcher. The other side of it is that you don't have as much of that static noise. Eighty percent of The Witcher's map is trees and forest and nothing, so it's just you riding from place to place, and all of your missions. Windy ass game. I saw. I remember it's a windy yeah, ass game. Windy as hell. But all of your know. missions are in the bubble of the town that you're in. So that town is an individual experience. And then you ride away from that and then you go to the next town and that's its own experience. So everything feels individualized. Cyberpunk feels like everything is it's it's like the day after Thanksgiving, like everything is thrown onto the plate. It's all mushed together and it all just kind of looks the same. It looks unique. Don't get me wrong, but the action is the same because there's not a lot of space in between for freedom for experimentation. Like, again, with with The Witcher, half of my time was just riding from the top of the map to the bottom because I didn't want to fast travel. Let, let me ask let me ask you guys a question with The Witcher. Do you guys have memory just mm-hmm. in you're looking in your mind's eye here about The Witcher? Do you remember that as an open world game? Mm-hmm. Yes. yes. Do you re- guys realize it's not nor, nor ever was? It's not open world. It's not fully open world. The it's reason hum- it may be the cool. reason Diamond Jab is saying that it, it uh, that he has to fast travel is because I actually once again pushed up against the walls of a map. You, in order to go from section to section in The Witcher, you actually have to leave a section, and the game Correct. has to load and go to another section. It's hub world. It's not contig- it- Yeah, it's not contiguous like Skyrim or even Cyberpunk. This is Correct. essentially their first contiguous, fully open world game. Like, because sure. Witcher Three was was essentially a bunch of segments, you know, think tectonic plates, if you yeah, will. but and you I, fast travel between them. That's essentially what you're doing. If if you see the thing about that is that if 
that's like arguing the semantics of I closed Minecraft. I opened up the next one and the map is different. Like Minecraft at its core is still the same the way it's played just because right. the map is different or it functions differently. I don't think takes away from the experience, especially when Velen in and of itself is about the size of Night City, not including the Badlands. Velen right. just on its own, not uh, not um, not Care Morin, not not Skellige, just the middle kind of area is and a large I, space. But you didn't I, feel. I was just going to say you didn't feel when you got off of the trails that you travel between quests in that game. Besides just the fact that that you the game would turn into a fucking mess. Like I would run through trees and get stuck in trees every time I decided to leave the trail that the quest led to. I'm, I'm sorry, we're getting into the finer points of The Witcher here. I didn't, I, I've never felt that that game was a fully open world. I felt that I was on rails the whole time. Because if I went off the quest marker, it became a fuck, fucking route. Like, a, a nightmare. Like, <laughs> uh, I, Maybe, depending on what you like ran into. It didn't have difficulty areas, right. like Assassin's Creed, yeah. where like you could walk into a level 50 area and it just absolutely ruined your life. But I, I, I did feel like playing the witcher was a more impressive hub world game than say something like deus ex where all your hubs are really tiny and you're just loading from space to space the middle section of the witcher is so large that in and of itself is an open world game compared to the what happens in novigrad versus the bloody baron versus the witches at the tree or like those are all in the same space three major plot narratives and threads are all in one area. So at least that section of the game feels open world, but the execution of that space is very open world. You could compare that to Skyrim, a bunch of small towns with a couple of large spaces and each one having quests of their own, not in terms of how the quests are delivered, but in terms of how the map is designed and how you're meant to get from point A to point B, at least in that space. Yeah, I think I think we're just defining you're defining open world literally by its space. And and as I'm talking, I'm defining it as what can I do in the space? It's not an Correct. open world where I have flexibility. That's it. Yeah, I think that's the difference in, in our conversation. Yeah. What were you going to say, Trip? Uh, if I had a thought about The Witcher, it's long gone. It was something I was going to tangent off. I killed it. I killed it. Pass. Let me pose a wrap-up question to everyone here, if I may. If that's okay. You may. With everything we ex- we experienced with cyberpunk and being lied to and everything we just talked about, does this change your feeling or perspective or decision-making for the future? All of us talking here are pretty well, well informed people. We talk about video games every day, if not we bi-weekly or weekly on a podcast, right? Like we're all very in the know with our decision making and our ability to get knowledge from the industry. Um, does this affect your decision making for like let's say the upcoming year or the next few hype games that you might come across that gets you really excited? Trip. Uh, I'm not gonna sit here and pretend that I'm not going to be a dumb shit in the future when a game <laughs> is selling me something and I really want to buy that thing that it's selling. You know, like, I can be critical as hell, but if all I have to work on is what I'm being shown and that looks good, I'm a buyer, personally. Mm-hmm. And if they sell a good image, I'll probably get tricked again. 
full transparency. I, that's all I got. I mean, it's, it's, it just it's a fact. And like, I'm I'm a trusting person. Uh, I I do try to do my due diligence, but I can only work off of what I'm shown. If anyone in the future were to give me what Cyberpunk gave me again, I would buy it again. You were um, surprised you though by Legion, waiting? right? Oh, sorry. Uh, uh, sorry. Go ahead, Neil. I was just gonna say, would you consider waiting for more reviews and more? Uh, because I know a lot of us, we're, 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 we stream, all of us are, we, we talk about video games. So we, we buy games day one, right? Like that's, it's a, it's a thing, right? Like we do that because that's like what we've invested ourselves into doing. Um, but would you consider waiting for reviews in like a longer fashion? Like, like it, it, waiting it out to sure. really feel. Yeah. Because even with Cyberpunk, we didn't get the PS4 version reviewed the last gen versions and even people were like the outlets kind of still rating it high. And even, even though they were still talking about the bugs, that rating is what people like go to, like they go to that final verdict and they go, yeah, this is, this is good enough. They got an eight, right? Like I'm going to go buy it, but do they know all the plethora of experience that they had in store for them? Right. It's, it's all going to depend on, uh, I would say two things for me, how excited I am for that specific story franchise release, whatever, whatever you want to call it. Right. Um, if it's something I'm really excited about, I'm probably going to be in for it regardless and let me have my own experience with it based on whatever I'm shown ahead of time. Um, I'm even someone that paid the $100 for the division two to be able to play it early and get early access mm-hmm. to all of its seasons because that was something that I was uh, excited for. And Jeez. that, <laughs> yeah, big air quotes on the seasons. I was excited for, and uh, that to me was valuable as someone who was making content with that at the time. I was like, well, if I'm going to, if, if there's no other way to get this before other people, I have to do this. This is an investment. Um, so from that perspective, I think those things factor in. Like, am I getting more value for this as someone who, if I, am I going to play it for content and am I getting more value for it uh, by making this, this decision right now? Is it something for me that I can wait on? And is it a franchise that I'm, that I literally cannot wait because I'm excited for it? Like uh, the Harry Potter game that just got pushed back a little bit. That's a game I'm probably going to have day one, regardless of its development journey. When that game is out, I want to be there. So I think it's a very individual kind of thing. If I'm ambivalent at all, you have to prove it to me. And if I hear things in the weeks coming up saying releases are different, versions are different, stuff like that, maybe I'll wait on something I was kind of interested in. But again, if it's IP that I'm that I'm there for, I'm probably always going to be there for. Try to get you to play Ghost of Tsushima trip. You remember that? Mm-hmm. Remember, remember when we were talking about that? And I was like, you should play it. This, this, this game is looking fresh. That's a perfect example. I, I swear I, to God, if Eyes goes to Tsushima and plays it, I'm going to be furious. <laughs> it means I came on here. <laughs> and he was just like, like it was his own idea. Hey, Neo, have you heard of this game, uh, Ghost of Tsushima? It's pretty solid. Yeah, you should check this out. <laughs> Table flip. Yeah. Oh, yeah. no, like that, at, at the, like as that got closer to release day, I was less and less excited about it, mm-hmm. about that experience. And I turned away from purchasing that. But if I was super hype about the IP for any other reason, I probably would have, have scooped it. Mm-hmm. So long story short, 
long, very long rambling answer short. I don't think this changes my specific buying behavior because the factors that I value in, in buying are going to be there regardless. Yes. Just being, I mean, just being honest. And I know it's part of the problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, but, it's but yeah. Felix. Felix. Uh, my buying behavior has changed. Uh, going back to, uh, to quote adaptation, the film by, I think Spike Jones, great movie. Uh, fuck fish. That's what he says in the movie. He says, I used to like fish. Now I don't like fish anymore. Fuck fish. Um, I'm uh, less, I'm more reluctant now of pre-ordering games. I used to pre-order all the time and I'm like, now I'm, I still buy games really swiftly. So I'm not, I'm like trip zero. If a game comes out and then there's a bit of a hype and you want to, you guys start talking about it because you either heard, watch somebody play it or you played it yourself. I'm more apt to go in that direction, but the pre-order thing, like I, I can't do it anymore. I, there's just too many games that just come out and they're just not, I've gotten to that point. I, can you believe I've gotten to that point? I actually have. Yeah, like, I'm sure. Where I'm Proud like, fuck, fuck fish on pre-ordering. Like, you're done. Um, that being said, Amazing. Assassin's Creed Valhalla came out. I said, fuck fish, didn't pre-order, came out, got good reviews from people, still didn't buy it. Locke comes on here and goes, it's a great game. I said, oh, I love those games. I'm going to get it. <laughs> and then I bought it. Um, and with, with, within two or three weeks of the game coming out. like So it's like, I didn't like, I'm now reluctant to do the pre thing. And I didn't. Okay. Cyberpunk, I pre-ordered a week before. It was a week before. So Cyberpunk, that's the exception. That was the only game that I think I pre-ordered. Um in latter 2020, because I think I had a couple pre-orders in early, but that's when my paradigm shifted. It shifted in mid 2020, probably in response to like COVID, you know, like it's like, I can't be just needlessly spending money on bullshit when we might run out of toilet paper, you know? Um, So I started thinking more heavily about that. Um, But yeah, I think there's been a paradigm shift for me. I have to like kind of analyze a little bit more and just see Also, I, there's a backlog of games that I still want to play that I never had a chance to play that I have purchased and are in a collection. And I, I, I don't want to put anything more. There's just so much I'm fucking, you know, surging here. I got, I'm, I, I'm, it's at the brim, you know, it like, went, through, went through a long period of time where you were pre-ordering and buying all these games. Right. And right. Tri- Trip says buying, to me, right? watchdogs <laughs> Legion. I bought that because he said it to me. But I didn't pre-order it. Didn't have it. I bought it, but it was like weeks after it came out. After he said it's a good game, and I believe you. I believe. I trust I, you. I value your opinion. Had a lot of fun with it, man. Yeah. Diamond. I uh, any, any response to this. Yeah, I'm. I'm kind of a blank slate. Like I don't pre-order, but I'll buy almost anything. Uh, because for me, I. If, if I ever feel like I have a gauge on the game industry for what is good and what is bad, it means I'm most likely going to be proven wrong by a game. I don't expect because I'll, I'll see something on the store. I'll buy it. And immediately it'll, it'll, it'll catch me. However much money was spent on the game in terms of development or what the developer did or the roadmap or whatever the case may be irrelevant to the point. Um, I will pretty much buy anything. 
um, as long as it appeals to my sense of of what I find appealing uh, at the time, whether it's good, bad, is is indifferent to my perspective. However, uh, on my platform, I have always said I am not the litmus test for the way that you should experience games. I'm not. I have the expendable income to be like, oh, this game is $30 and I want to play it. I'm I'm just going to buy it. That's not the I don't think that's the responsible way, but I know that's the way that I I experience the industry because more often than not, at least my kind of meter has never really proven me wrong in terms of what I will get out of game. It's very rare that I play a game that I just go, I don't like this at all whatsoever. I will find something to like to give you a frame of reference. I personally do not care that much for the Hitman games. I like them. I like them to the extent that I can play them and find enjoyment, but it's not my favorite game. I'm not pre-ordering Hitman 3, but I will at one point or another probably buy it. Outriders, I'm probably going to buy it. I might play a week of that game as a service game and never play it again. Cough, cough, Godfall on PlayStation. I own it. <laughs> I played it. I got a, a little enjoyment out of it, but I'll never feel the regret of buying it. I'll, I'll never. I, I That's not something I feel very often. I'll always find something to, to pull from it. But I like I said, I am not the litmus test for how people should be like in this industry, just well, going around buying stuff. How do you feel about like hype cycles, like like what we experienced with like uh, cyberpunk? Because that I mean, cyberpunk's kind of an outlier, I guess you could say. But but I mean, I think it exists. I I'm not really that influenced by hype cycles anymore. Like at least to be as in tune as I was when maybe I was hosting GSM. Like I was in tune with that sh- all the time, twenty four seven for educational purposes. So I was always exposed to it. I don't watch E3. I don't watch the Game Awards. I don't really watch the platforms with the widest audience to say, this is why you want to get this. Um, I'll see like the trailer as I'm scrolling through Twitter and seeing a trailer is usually the way that I'm exposed to something. And then I'll do my research after the fact. But like I said, I'm not really exposed to the kind of the cultural relevancy of a lot of different things. What? Hi. Yes, you can. My wife is sneaking in behind me. Um, but uh, yeah, Mrs. Diamond is grabbing her laptop. Um, I'm not really exposed to all of like the the kind of content bashing that you'll experience at one point or another, where it's just like a new premiere and it's this amazing stuff, and then someone's there and they're playing it on the stage. Like I don't really watch that anymore. So like the 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 hype behind it. Um, is is prevalent but like the games that i know i'm gonna get are games that i've invested the most time into destiny i know i'm gonna there'll be the moment that seasonal trailer comes out that shit is pre-ordered the moment (laughs) that's only because i got six years under it and there's nothing that could stop me from doing it i could know what to at this point from destiny more or less i can scream from the mountaintop what that i will never play it again and they will drop that seasonal trailer or that 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 beyond light trailer and i'll go yeah okay gonna be there it's i think that's bucks kind of, kind of right what there. i was leaning into a little bit as well myself like i have my own lens 
my own filters that I put things through. And I don't think that is changing because of cyberpunk because I, I feel like at least I did my own due diligence with cyberpunk's offerings advertisement wise. Like I think I observed everything that I did as, as neutral as I could have personally looked at just the raw information, what we were given, but what we were given is, is, you know, obviously fell the only time. I don't think it's regret. The only time that I will notice that something's not right. If I bought something is if hours don't equal dollars. That's probably when my brain will kind of go, why is that? If I spend $50 and I got $10 out of it. Yeah. You said that about uh, $50 and I got 10 hours out of it. Like you said that about the Marvel game, right? Yeah, you can't ever argue dollars I spent sixty dollars on Marvel. I'm up to three hundred hours. So. No, 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 no. The Marvel Ultimate Alliance. Marvel Ultimate Alliance. I spent what was it, forty dollars, and I got forty hours. Like, I don't regret buying Ultimate Alliance. It's not even my favorite Ultimate Alliance out of all three of them. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's only because I didn't like their XP system. But I got forty hours out of it, so I can't, I can't complain that much. But if like, if I spent Godfall. If I, I spent fifty dollars, I've probably put like ten into it. Yeah, and I kind of it. I get the gist of what it is. I'm not really. It's not really my thing. That's probably like okay. Now I know. Hack and slash like service games are not really my thing. <laughs> like okay, and I bought that on the whim because Andy and I bought it uh, discounted because we could play together. We played it and probably like three hours in, we were like, all right, yeah, this is exactly what we thought it was. All right. <laughs> not surprised but yeah like i said i'm i'm not i nobody please don't invest in the industry the way i do this is my hobby <laughs> i mean i got a i got five shelves of skylanders to tell you how much money i'll spend on the game industry like skylanders <laughs> not i'm not i'm t- i'm, you, uh, I'm not a role model you should have led with that fact. First yeah. of all, now that I'm going to answer the question, look at that. That's five an shelves of these, these Let things. me show you my five shelves of Skylanders figures. Yeah, man. <laughs> I invested in Toys of Life like it was like it was my job. I invested in it. But the reason I did is twofold because I do think about things. One, it was Amy's first game that she played with me. So right off the bat, like that was a vibe. But the second is surprisingly enough. Skylanders works really well as like a child's introduction to games. So if the time ever came that all of a sudden we're looking oh, at yeah. having a kid, you're prepped. It's a really like accessible point to both toys and games. Don't swallow Absolutely. this. It works with this only. It covers a lot of bases. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, so yeah, I'm not, I'm not a role model as a lot of athletes have once said. Mm-hmm. <laughs> don't look at me uh, me being Adrian Peterson riding a a elephant in his own birthday party yeah I'm bankrupt listen to what I'm I'm saying don't look at the pictures of my party yeah I'm not a Romano man don't (laughs) don't be like me I don't know thought of that but just popped in my head when he said don't look at me as a role model don't spend like me spend less than me well on that note guys yeah this has been a show this this has been a juicer of a show Mm -hmm. unexpectedly you know, we it's got never unexpected, never unexpected with diamond jab. 
He's amazing. I mean, that that is a great point. I said unexpectedly because looking at the time frame, not a bad thing, Diamond. We have yes. amazing conversations. That's why it's, that's where it comes from. But I looked at I was you know I'm the uh, unofficial timekeeper. I'm watching the time. We hit our of our all of our general what we've been up to bullshit in yeah. about thirty minutes. I'm thinking back thirty, the conversation, and here we are the back hour forty five. So. <laughs> It's great though, man. It's just that's why Same, time man. flies because the conversations are great. So thank you. Again the, hard, for being here. the hardest thing. Thank you. The hardest thing for me when I was hosting a podcast was not making every show a round table. Yeah. Diamond Jet breaks down Red Dead Redemption. Mm-hmm. A six hour three part episode. <laughs> oh, <God>. It's just <laughs> Keenan and I just talking in circles about bounties and shit like that for like that's hours. that's the digression where you, you eventually start teaching someone how to do a glitch in the game. With a with a painting. Oh, you know, that's a, the most valuable piece a, of it. the machine. show right now. The fact that you can run out of money. I am going to go do that, Felix. I haven't booted this game up since I beat it, but I'm going to go in there. No, I'm sorry. I booted up last week to answer a question you had, but beyond that, I have not played it since I beat it. I'm going to go in there. And did you earn play? Money from a did painting. you play the mission where you the guys tell you to go get the UFO thing? There's two hobos. No, you talk to not. the two homeless guys, and they're like, "Go to this location in the desert and get this." this object from an alien and you're like, okay, cool. You go there, you open it up. It's just a fucking painting that was on the moon in space. And this painting is, has a value of 4,000 euros, eddies, whatever. And then, like I said, you can just walk up to a machine, dump it in. The machines generally have the vending machines have 20,000 euros available. So you drop the 4,000 in, and you get 4,000 euros, and then you walk away from the machine. You don't even have to walk away. You just leave the machine and go back in, and then and in, the, in the yeah. machine, it's five euros. And you're like, We okay, should save this. this I'll take it right back. For the post show, you in fact, I want to know if there's... Yeah, we should. Let's wrap up. Um, but Let's wrap it. Let's we'll, wrap we'll it talk up. About I was about to yeah. say it, but he felt like it was getting to the natural no, end. It's good. It's good. It, I started... Play out. Yeah. I already <laughs> talked about this earlier in the show anyway. Yeah. So. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We can keep chatting in the post show. If that's all right. So I'm going to wrap us up, guys. Thank you for listening. Diamond, thank you for being here. Always a pleasure having you on. I love I love conversing, being the cunning linguist. The, the, the kind of linguist that we are. Oh, uh, the, the, the word I was looking for, uh, Diamond Jab, I looked it up. It was, it's an 18th century, also went into the 19th century term. But it, it's not what you are because you're not this type of person. But it's because of your ability to speak. You have the ability to be this if you use your power for the dark side. But uh, the t- thing I was thinking of is confidence, man, because it sounds good. It sounds like yeah, a positive yeah. thing, but a confidence man is somebody that swindles you of everything. You yeah, fucking you're a spinster. Yeah, Danny spinster. Ocean. Danny Ocean's a confidence. Right. Yeah, that's what I was thinking of. But you, you have that yeah. gifted gab and it's great. Thank you. Compliments. I couldn't talk you guys into, into Avengers, but I could talk you guys about it. <laughs> 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 you're, you're, so your confidence man leaning your confidence that's what i'm saying he's not leaning, using yeah. his power for the dark side that's, right 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 that's all. That's all. <laughs> uh, i've been neo yoshi you can follow me at twitch.tv slash neo yoshi twitter neo underscore yoshi uh thanks for joining us today subscribe on our youtube podcast services around the globe and uh thank you trip 
Uh, I am Trip Zero. You guys can find me all over at Trip Zero TV. All my socials are that. It's twitch.tv slash Trip Zero TV. I stream Mondays, Tuesdays, and Thursdays around. Uh, obviously, Wednesdays are this show as well. Mondays, Tuesdays, Thursdays, 7 p.m. to 11 p.m. Eastern. And right now, we are doing Stardew Valley, and we'll, we will be living with that for the foreseeable future. Um, it'll be uh, right now, I'm doing a run on the 1.5 update, trying to get the community center bundles all done in year one that's my challenge run and i have them all remixed so things are new it's stressful but it's a lot of fun very zen very fun come by check us out and i've always i've been uh, thinking about dabbling in the speedrunning community with that game so we'll see where that goes uh felix i'm felix hergood find me we gotta end this show because neo has to pee find him oh oh i didn't know that was the end sorry i didn't know that was the end of the story my name is Diamond Jab. Uh, you can catch me everywhere at Diamond Jab. Uh, I stream Monday, Wednesday, Friday, 8 p.m. Eastern. Uh, and uh, I'm actually probably about to go stream here in a couple minutes. So, uh, yeah, that's it. All right. We're good. All right, guys. We'll see you next week. Oh, Felix, you're sitting next to Pan Am, dude. Yeah, man. She's my girl. I can't fuck her. I'm pissed about it. <laughs> She, she is the one. <laughs> she is the one. So angry. He just landed at. Yeah, when I turned, I turned fucking. Yo, dude, I turned River down fucking hard. <laughs> I was like I, cold as shit to River. Man. I, I like, completely bad. skipped past River. I have not met River at all. <laughs>